and welcome to Marvellous Pod. I'm Laura and I'm joined by the rather marvellous Abby. Hello. And guess what? We have a Matthew again. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Matthew Resurrections. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've been holding on to that one, haven't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. You were missed. Hi. (sighs) Poorly. Oh. Oh. Poor Matthew. That's enough sympathy. Yeah. So, due to life being somewhat messy, we've not been able to cover Hawkeye in the way we normally would. So we're going to try and cram all of that coverage uh, that we missed into this wrap-up episode of the series as a whole. So team, let's start with overall reactions to the series. And given we've not heard from him yet, I think perhaps we go to Matthew first for this. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. This was a very, very good show that did deliver. Which mm-hmm. has baffled me, and and we spent a very long part of our <laughs> drive on Christmas discussing exactly why we enjoyed this film, the, this series so much, and why it's worked for us. Uh, but yeah, it, I think it all came together. I think um, it it may well be a victim of low expectations mm-hmm. to help support that. Frankly, mm. Abby, yeah, I really liked it, and again, low expectations certainly didn't hurt. But um, I hope we'll have some time to get into precisely why we liked it. But I think it's been a refreshing change. Um, Mm. And yeah, the sort of show that I wouldn't have watched if it wasn't a Marvel show, which Mm. I think is also an interesting thing to contemplate. Uh, And the sort of thing that was really all the better for my having watched it. And I think we're all the better for you having watched it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think this is by far the most successful of the Disney plus Marvel shows so far. Uh, it's kind of vying between that and WandaVision for my favorite of them, just because WandaVision had me so hooked, mm. whereas this was more a fun time and I think it was done very well. Mm. Um, the story wasn't quite as compelling, but I do think some of the performances have been fantastic and yeah, just, just really fun. Loved the Christmas theme. Um, loved the Christmas theme. It really just, worked for when they brought it out. Really did. Well really done, did. them. Yeah, and it worked. It worked really well with the tone, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought they balanced that really well. So, anything more on an overall before we dive into detail? I mean, Abby asks a really good question there. Would I have watched this? And I'm sort of interested <laughs> in in for the other shows as well. Would I have watched it if it wasn't a Marvel series? If it was just quasi comedy spy thriller thing with bows and arrows yeah I mean, you, obviously you would change details like loki and in some ways one division well up my street absolutely uh-huh what if pretty up my street falcon mm-hmm. and winter soldier mm-hmm. um this is right on the line that i might have gone yeah if, if enough people watch this and give it a positive response then probably yes i will but i'm not sure it's a definite yes i will watch this Mm. I think it turns a little far into the kind of mob thing for it to have been mm. something I would go to. But that said, we, we talked a lot throughout, Laura, when when we did talk about it, about um, Only Murders in the Building and sort of similarities yeah. mm-hmm. in, in tone. And I love that. And that is not yet a Marvel property. Um, <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> but I, I Who would, would love... Steve Martin play? If only was... Murders in the Avengers. <laughs> um. Yeah. We had that in What If, didn't we? Not as much as we could have. (laughs) (laughs) You just want to keep killing all of the Avengers over and over again. No, I just like a a more more of a a more Steve Martin and Martin Short investigating, really. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked Only Murders in the Building. But I I do think that has another um, element in common with um, Hawkeye, that it's it's a New York show. And I think that this is really what landed it for me, is this is grounded. And I think it might be a bit related to how I feel about the Mandalorian versus the Star Wars universe. Um, I don't love it when things happen to characters, particularly when they go through multiple countries or galaxies or whatever, Mm-hmm. And it's not, to me, grounded in the thing that I'm watching. I know there's a okay. lot of other literature mm-hmm. in both Marvel and Star Wars. But I love seeing something that is really in a city. And this really was in New York for me. And I think that really helped. Hmm. So so why is it that you thought it worked so well, Matthew? What was so different about this one? I, I think there's a lot to it and i've had to do a lot of like like i say discussing and sort of trying to dig into this and and there's probably no one thing that we can point to but but it, there's a large part part that it felt like a new story within the mcu mm. it, you know having to track down a, a MacGuffin and having people getting powers or, or sort of discovering them, themselves as heroes not the newest but in the way it was done in the way it was approached in the take on a character that we hadn't really had anything for before. I don't think we sort of knew anything about Hawkeye, particularly as a personality, um, other than, oh, he's an everyman. It's cool. Um, and I also think it was appropriate for the medium. I think mm. it knew it was a TV show and was doing TV stuff, whereas there has mm. been something in some of the others of like, oh, it's like we're telling a movie, but we've got... 10 hours in which to do it, which is why we've got all this filler of us having to press buttons over here. Um, this knew it was going to be, what, six episodes, however, however many it was, mm. and very punchy within there. We had a few side things of, like, the funniness of the tracksuit mafia or the stepfather, whose name I now can't remember. Uh, Jack. Yeah, the sword guy. Some sort of side distractions, but not too much, which also feels like they've learned from what's come earlier in the in the year. There was nothing in here that was going, there's going to be a revelation in the Hawkeye world that's going to completely blow open what you know, where WandaVision got totally distracted by that, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier sort of fell down because it didn't have enough of that. Um, yeah, I think I think there was a lot that came together to make this work well, but particularly at its core... It's something we haven't really seen before, hmm. which I enjoyed. I think when people compared it to some of the other shows, like Jessica Jones, I think that's mm-hmm. that's a good mm-hmm. point because you know something like Jessica Jones always felt like it really understood that it was a TV show, yeah, doing mm-hmm. TV things. Um, and yes, I, I quite agree. I think that's a good point. Um, I th- I thought the episodes were a little uneven in this, and retrospectively, maybe I could have stood for more than six. But I, I, just just sticking on why it was good, um, it wasn't too much. I will say that. Mm. I, yeah, I think six was about right because unless they put in another storyline in there, I just think what else would you be doing? I mean, there was even in the finale there was like the fight between Kazi and um, and forgetting the name of the main character Clint. Uh, <laughs> why was that in there? You know, it just didn't. Yeah. It didn't need to be in that. And I just feel, I think if you then put in another couple of episodes or what have you, then you either have to put in another subplot or 
it's I think you just end up with lots more fight scenes, which I thought this mm. was this was plenty of fight scenes. But it was definitely sufficient fight scenes. Yes, yeah. and, and time for character and, and mm. so I think I think it worked. Quite well. I think maybe yeah. in a sense part of me would have liked a little more plot and a bit more mm-hmm. um a bit more uh extrapolation of the characters. I think we, we did a lot of looking at Hawkeye mm. from a lot of different angles. But I I don't know how much resolution I ever quite felt I got from the looking we had done. I don't know how much I felt he had evolved during the show. That's, that's fair, and I had that same thought. But there is the thing that it's the Hawkeye show, and he's not necessarily the Hawkeye it's about. And And this is giving it like i say it's giving us something of a character we've not seen before but very much a passing of the torch i didn't i didn't quite feel the torch had been passed i i think it's kind of the beginning of i mean mm. right at the end mm. where she's she's testing out her lady hawk etc names and he's like oh i've got an idea and hawkeye comes up yeah so i think it's the beginning of of that yeah i don't think he's going to disappear i think he might be a bit of sort of a background mm-hmm. mentor now mm. And I suppose that's the thing. This is a series one, and I would watch more. Mm-hmm. So, mission mm-hmm. accomplished, I, I guess. I would. Do you think we're going to get more with Rana? I think we're going to need something. Okay. I mean, it. I think it has to go somewhere with some continuity. I don't know if it would be a second season, but, I mean, we've got the Echo show mm. coming. Um, but I imagine that's going to be very separate. Yeah, I, I don't see our um, our archers being involved in that. So maybe there is no series two. Yeah. It's interesting what you were saying with um, not necessarily feeling that there was... Maybe I'm misinterpreting this, but was it the idea that there wasn't really much of an arc for, for Clint? Mm. Because I think... I felt that there was a bit of one, and that's around his guilt around that. In moving from where he is at the beginning mm. through to then mm. at the... the conversation with Yelena there was absolutely a way that could have played out where he's like yeah I did yeah it's my fault that she's dead and and he didn't go down that route yeah yeah and I I like that because for better or worse this was where they were spending a lot of time remembering Black Widow Mm. and and giving the attention to her death that they have not done elsewhere and perhaps Mm. you know I think I think we feel probably should have done in that film but this is where they have then Hit that point. Yeah, hmm. uh, absolutely. I would, I would, as you say, preferred something in Endgame. <laughs> but the fact that we didn't get that, I do like the you know they've listened to the yeah. fury around that, <laughs> and I think the way that it's been done in this in this series is is really well. You know, the the honouring of Natasha and what she meant to people and her sacrifice mm. and and everything, and the fact that they've not used lots of flashbacks with her. I think the only time we've, I think, we hear her. At one stage, at the beginning of one of the episodes, um, talking about basically setting up what happened in Black Widow. Yeah, I, um, I, I feel like maybe there was a flashback to the fight on the cliff, but I don't. I don't think there was. I'm not sure. It's been a little while. There's, no, and absolutely, <laughs> and there's lots of references to that. But I, I yeah, quite like yeah. that. It was more that they did that as opposed. Mm. To, so it didn't tip over into cheesy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so, so as as someone who was quite. I, th- I think taken with what they did in Endgame and annoyed about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you feel like having now seen the sort of totality of what they might do for Natasha, it's appropriate, acceptable? Yeah, I mean the thing is with Endgame, I was furious mm. <laughs> at the time, mm. um, but then with with a bit of time, I actually accepted that probably was the best 
thing for the film, if nothing else, because if if at the time Clint had gone over the cliff, everyone would have been like, yay. So it really wouldn't have had any resonance at all. Mm-hmm. And I do buy the argument that, you know, it was all her whole life was about, you know, after she decided to turn was about sacrifice and clearing the red in her ledger and wanting mm-hmm. to protect people. And so in the end, I, I kind of got to the stage where I had accepted it. Although I was annoyed about the lack of recognition of her mm. sacrifice versus Tony's. But yeah, given where we are, I, yeah, I like what they've done now. I am, I think, ready to move on. Okay. <laughs> I, I disagree. I think um, if they chucked Clint off a cliff in Endgame, I, I would have had great joyous resonance with it. I think it would have carried me through some really yes. quite deep, dark parts of that. Um, yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think it would have been great. I think they should have. Um, I'm, I'm still annoyed. Now I, I have to sit through this. Imagine what we could have had if it had been Black Widow, the TV show that I was watching now. And, you know, beset with sadness. I mean, sadness, I still want that. Well, beset with sadness, we still have a young character who saw Hawkeye at this time and is an incredible bow person. And now Black Widow gets to train her as the new Hawkeye even though she's not very good at bow and arrow, but that's okay because she's already got that bit covered. So, you know, between them, they're doing aesthetics and superhero things and design and posing. I love it. Abby, Abby, I have made my peace with this. Sorry. <laughs> Lots of long, dark nights. Just let it go. It's okay because they made a film, so you can just watch it 57 times and it's fine. I think I have already. I know. <laughs> and I love and support this. <laughs> Hey, look, if ScarJo wants to come back and do some prequel series or something, I am very on board with that. Absolutely. Yeah, can I ask a thing on, on the Hawkeye disdain? Gosh, yes. yes. Cap- capital H, capital D. Because mm. I, I I think I know where it comes from for me, but I'm interested where it comes from for you and why, why you think it generally exists. Because I, th- I think Hawkeye, like I say, we haven't really had much from anyway, so it's kind of a potentially dull character or not not mm-hmm. interesting character but there's also the side thing of jeremy renner showing himself up to not be someone i want to get to know mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. interviews and making comments that didn't go down well and the weirdness with his app and stuff mm-hmm. um is that it is, am i missing something about him that adds more disdain is there more i should understand going into this so i think I was I was hoping that Hawkeye would be blonde and attractive like he is in the comics, which slightly okay. compensates for his lack of personality and the fact that he's a bit of a plank. And so so Stephen Amell. <laughs> I don't know, but Jeremy Renner was not what I was hoping for. Okay. I believe you surfaced an ancient tweet by me around the time of his casting, Matthew. Oh, did I? I believe okay. so. I, before Christmas, you said you said to me that it was the earliest mention of the Hawkeye casting you could find oh, really? from people that you follow, and it was me to say I am not sure about this, <laughs> and I remain unsure about this. I'm really worried that Matthew's trawling all of our old tweets. I'm going to have to go and do a lot of deletion. No, it's a pretty basic search you can do to look for the oldest mention in people you follow of, of the thing. Um, but, well, but yeah. uh, as a quick aside. Abby, you're the oldest mention of Wordle for people I know. Oh, back, really? Back in like 2011. That's weird. Because it used to be a like cloud app thing. Yeah. Word cloud app thing. Wow, that's interesting. I thought I'd seen it before. I've just done a search for Hawkeye and say no results. No results for Hawkeye. So Abby's learned now. Twitter, you're drunk. Delete, delete. I, I just, I find the writing of Hawkeye to be absolutely 
pointless. I really dislike his relationships with everyone in the films. I think he adds mm-hmm. nothing to any scene that he is in. I think that he's really annoying. Um, and the thing is, I, I, thought it, I thought it was that I didn't like Jeremy Renner's acting. Mm. Don't like him in the Mission Impossible films either, and I agree. The stuff with his app was super weird, and he's never seemed to be the best of people. But uh, but then I watched Arrival, and as we mentioned before, I thought he was astonishing. So, you know, they can act. Okay. But did he choose not to? Was it just that the material wasn't there? <laughs> I just, I don't understand. And I And again, we talked about the acting in this series, and it's there. But it's not there in the films. It is there in this. I I think there's, I don't know whether it's something in the making or whether kind of the film machine simply doesn't suit, you know, the Marvel making machine doesn't suit Renner. Yeah, I'm know. guessing this was, this series is probably less blue screen, green screen, whatever mm. it is. Mm. Maybe that's an element. Um, For me, and I probably shouldn't let it affect me, but yes, his personality or what he's showing us of his personality mm-hmm. as an actor in real life, doesn't put me in the best mind for him. However, if he'd then been amazing in the role, you know, separate the two. But um, I just think it was, I think, to be fair, it could be exactly the same with Nat, because it's a bit of a kind of, well, you you, you know, you don't really do a lot, do you? You're just good at fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because um, Scarlett Johansson brought such a character, you know, you really felt the character with her, and she mm-hmm. was so integral to the team, and had all these relationships with the different team members, um, then I think you know that that trumped the fact that she you know why, sorry why are you here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas with with him, I think, and I know you guys hate it, but I do actually quite like the way he's written in um, Ultron. She ducks, uh, like some of the quippy stuff and the stuff mm. like, and I I think I've definitely heard this other places people talking about it that he's actually pretty good when he's teamed up with a young woman. Or a, a youngish woman, okay. um, and the the relationship and the the sort of bouncing off each other there. Mm. So him and that, I really like his, his and that's relationship. The fact that you know they could have absolutely taken it down a romance route, route but they didn't, mm-hmm. and it's very clear that it's just that they they love each other, but it's platonic, um, and that she's also then involved his family and everything, and you know it's it's a true best friend, um, and then with um, Wanda as well in Ultron and mm-hmm. and beyond, and then now with Kate. Um, and I just think before I, he was just, I didn't think he was a bit nothing. So then when you a you know, bit nothing plus Renner, it, it kind of like, Oh, I just don't want yours. I like the others so much that I just, why, why are you on my screen? Mm. Um, whereas as I've already committed to pod, um, this has quite dramatically changed my, my feeling about the character. Yeah. Agreed. It's exactly the same. And, and, and I think Jeremy Renner, cause some of those interviews and some of the stuff I've seen, he was with um, Chris Evans for it and making yeah. some of the same jokes. But Chris yeah. Evans has sort of done the or seemed to do the work to go, actually, no, I'm going to be a good guy. Yeah. Rather than just do the easy jokes and the easy stuff. And from what I'm hearing and what seems to have happened, Jeremy Renner has now started doing that too. There have been mm. some very good comments about his behavior setting up this series, working with people, introducing them to, to Marvel and so on. But I'm like, Okay, you know, I I want to give everyone a chance to show they have grown and changed, and you know, we're mm. supposed to allow people to do that. So, and and I think it's good. always always worth remembering that you know Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man was well something of of a 
a rehab casting, mm. yeah. as it were. And mm. uh, wow, did that come off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's, you know, th- these things are perfectly valid. Um, I think it helped that Iron Man was an incredible character, incredibly performed from the get-go. Mm. Uh, but yeah. and, and I think that that's exactly what Hawkeye is, is lacking. I, th- I think also he feels a little lost in a sea of other white guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a bow and arrow, not a superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an interesting comparison you make, Laura, with um, with Black Widow, because, of course, we're used to seeing women be underwritten and paying mm-hmm. more attention, I would say, perhaps. Or, or mm-hmm. I, certainly I will give women in films from that period of time the benefit of the doubt. No, absolutely. And, and I'm always tend to gravitate towards them because there's so few of them or yeah. there were so few of them it's fantastic now that's mm. changing um but absolutely you know i mean it, it feels a little um trite that that's my favorite because she's the female <laughs> one you know <laughs> um and now it's looking like yelena's gonna be my favorite going forward so <sighs> but but you're right it used to be the smurfette principle even in the avengers yeah. in 2012 and now we're yeah. in a different world so you know, 10 mm. years on yeah mm. yeah Okay, and and like I say, I'm pleased with how he came out. I enjoyed him in this. I, you're actually mm. very right there, Laura. Like, yeah, him paired with someone to do a sort of fatherly mentor type thing kind of works, especially a begrudging fatherly mentor <laughs> thing. I, you know, I think he does play that pretty well. Um, and Abby, I think you're right as well. He's not necessarily the most dynamic actor. A person that you might see on screen, but it possibly works for the character as well because he is a spy with a bow and arrow. I think he's quite human, actually. He's mm. not much really of of a superhero. I don't think he's great superhero casting, but this consequences series, this living with pain, living with trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, going somewhere with something this is the acting that he does really well he mm. also does family he does dad very well he does uh. reluctant celebrity wonderfully mm. and and I think that all of these elements really play to run the strengths which those elements have not been a part of Hawkeye yeah. before so it, it, looking at a TV show is an opportunity to give a character room to, to be the best thing for the casting it's, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting long game to play yeah <laughs> And I buy him and Linda Cardellini. Given yes, I'm yeah. not sure they had any actual scenes together. Okay. They had chemistry. The oh, right at the very end, yeah. of course. Yeah, when he shows up. But but it's all he must have filmed his lines, and oh, yeah. some second unit crew mm. filmed her lines or something. <laughs> you know, it works. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, um, and and I would absolutely watch a show of them as well. I mean, life on the farm. He does talk about like <laughs> DIY and furniture making. I would very much watch that <laughs> oh, show. Wood turning with Hawkeye. <laughs> well, exactly. Before or after the accountant show? <laughs> oh, after. Or after. the accountant show first, just so we're very clear. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Weirdos. <sighs> so, well, we've already started talking about them a bit there. Let's talk about our heroes. So, for this, I'm thinking Clint. Uh, Kate and Yelena, because I'm bloody counting her as a hero. <laughs> and if there's any I've missed, uh, let me know. So, what, Abby, kick us off with this. What, what have you thought For about me, those I, I, I enjoyed Kate a lot. I really did. But I, I think that 
she's almost done a slight disservice by the arrival of Yelena, who we've already had a chance to fall for in Black Widow. And oh my goodness, I love her. I love her. I think she absolutely wipes the floor with everybody else in any scene she's in. She, she's just so interesting to watch. I thought the pasta sequence is one of my favourite things from television last year, just generally. I yeah. adore the relationship she is trying to push Kate into. Mm. That that she has such a clear idea of what it could be like, and I think that's wonderful. I just every moment she was on screen, I, I was worried she might leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and it it makes me a little sad for Kate, who is endearing, interesting, and fun, but she's not got that superstar quality, <laughs> not yet. Oh, interesting for interesting. me. So so I, I just I felt so drawn to Elena that I lost a bit of Kate. Um, yeah, I think I probably did as well. And I'm sorry to, to be even comparing them as well, but I think that's just how strong it was. I, I We should be able to have more than one woman in a TV show and for me to be able to pay attention to both of them. And this may well be a personal failing, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think I think you can still pay attention to both of them. But since this was Kate's introduction, mm. Elena's already had her introduction uh, up on the big screen or mm. small or wherever you streamed or what have you but you know she had a, an entire film that was supposedly about someone else and actually ended up being about her um which i'm fine with um <laughs> but so, but yeah she she does slightly overshadow just because when she comes on screen it's yay she's here with her blue uh, mascara <laughs> i just i'm not seeing blue mascara it's in the lift look in the lift in the scene okay. when they're in the lift look for her mascara I did I a whole say, pod about mascara. Come on. I know, I know. That's why. So today, um, I rewatched. Well, basically from where she came in. So the end of four, <laughs> five, and six, because uh, it was a bit rusty. Um, and and with six, I'd forgotten the hair. Somehow, I'd forgotten the hair. And when the oh. hair, you know, the big braid, the big wool uh, braid, the braid. On. Oh, anyway, we we already have done an entire podcast <laughs> on that. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the interaction, um, Clint and Kate, and then Kate and Yelena, and then Yelena and Clint as well. Mm. Um, I know there's been some talk about that final um, confrontation uh, being cheesy and and what have you, um, but I I loved it. The, the whistles, they had me sobbing, <laughs> and I've uh, heard comparison to the Marthas, uh, the Batman Superman mm-hmm, Marthas. And mm-hmm. um, I I get it, but I don't think it's the same thing because this was him showing that this is how important he was to Nat, that he opened up and, and sorry, that she opened up and said, you know, shared all of this information mm. about Yelena. Mm. So it actually is providing information that changes Yelena's view. Mm-hmm. Whereas we've both got mum's called Martha. I, uh, uh, help, Matthew. Help. I love the Martha moment. I love the Martha moment because it is ridiculous. And there's a lot of Batman yeah. Superman moments in that film and the following film that are ridiculous and, and I will not apologise for them because they make me smile. <laughs> so they can't be bad. Um, Abby, you said about Yelena pushing Kate into a certain relationship and, and bonding with her in that way. I absolutely think Kate's doing it back though. Oh yeah, yeah. Kate's... But I think they have slightly different ideas of the relationship. Oh, absolutely. I th- <laughs> but I think Kate's force of personality mm. which really comes across in this series mm. she is a very forthright person which is awesome because again i don't think you see certainly women of her age written that way 
unless they're supposed to be a share in Clueless or an Emma or, you know, you know, the classic main star from something. Um, so for her to be the sort of young mentee, mm. but yet know herself so well, brilliant. I really enjoyed it. And I, and I, I really enjoyed, you know, as I think we all really enjoyed her and Yelena on screen together. Cause yes, mm. Yelena's great. And the Kate Bishop thing is mm-hmm. wonderful because, because they lampshade it. They lampshade why she's saying her whole name over and over again. And that's a great moment. But these are potentially two of the best actors of their generation. Yeah. In a TV show about a spy with a bow and arrow, <laughs> but and having great dramatic moments. When yeah. they're commentating. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was hilarious, and 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 you're right. Actually, they they do work together so well, and perhaps Elena would not be so great if there wasn't that much room for such mm-hmm. a big personality. Because actually, you're right. If that if if Kate's personality didn't match in forcefulness, then it would look like a pantomime. Yeah, and it doesn't. Yeah, it's we fun. absolutely would just talk about Yelena as, as yeah. the sort of guest star and big moment. Mm, in in, yeah. the, in the same way, I, I mean, I, I keep sort of doing my, the end of year thing and looking back over the MCU <laughs> and so on. Agatha is the thing from that series. There's yeah. other stuff, the TV stuff that, that comes out, but but just when I look back on it, it's just the stuff with Agatha. That's Whereas for me, it's 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 not. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but but I don't but yeah, think that can be said about this series. I think as good as Yelena is. I think everyone actually comes out pretty well. All of our, our, our main cast. Yeah, hmm. I think so. I don't know what I've come away with from Kate. I, f- I feel like there is a. I have a picture of Kate. Uh, I understand mm-hmm. that she is super competent, great personality. Love that she couldn't draw particularly well when she was like, I'm just going to illustrate <laughs> this. And you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what it would look like if I was illustrating that. <laughs> like, but I, I feel like I've got this picture of her, but I don't know what to do with that. And I'm not quite ready to kind of stick it in the Marvel scrapbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's because she's baby Avenger, isn't she? Mm. She's not, I don't think she's quite cooked yet. Yeah. but She's, but she's cookie dough. But yeah. she's not as young yeah, as as she could be, <laughs> as it were. Like, well, she's a, she's a senior at college, isn't she? So what is that? Well, she's 23, right? She's 22, something like that. I think she says she's 23. Okay. Several times, I feel. Oh, does she? I thought so. She's but, definitely a senior at college. That's one of the things that Elena says. That, she that means absolutely her. nothing to me. She's <laughs> <laughs> um, about to leave college. It's when like. Americans refer to a grade that they're in, and I just go, "No, yeah, no, that good. means nothing." Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, with all of the American culture that we ingest, I would have thought mm. by now I would have learned what the different grades are. No I mean, one gives you I a table. Went, <laughs> I went to junior high for a month in the states, and actually went, and so I was in a grade. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I can't imagine what junior high is. A cartoon. Well, I was I was fourteen, I think thirteen, fourteen. So, so yeah, nine. Yeah. Interesting. I, I I am sort of hoping with Kate that she become she gets used in this kind of the same way they've used Hawkeye so far of just being in other people's stories and doing things. I don't necessarily need the Kate Bishop movie or the thing that she leads. I think she would be a useful and interesting thing because it could be too much having her there all the time. And it could be take her in a direction that I don't necessarily want her to take her in. I think she's great where she is. Well, yeah. she's she's a weapon. And I think that that's a bit, right. I'm afraid, the problem that we've had with Hawkeye. How often do you need a really good bow and arrow, though, really? Like, when is the last time you were in a sticky situation and thought, you know what, if I had someone who was a crack shot with a bow and arrow, this would be fine. <laughs> with a USB on the end. <laughs> 
they seem to make find right. all of these circumstances where it's needed. When your only tool is a bow and arrow, the entire <laughs> world looks like a target. So. <laughs> yeah, see, I want I want the new Hawkeye Black Widow uh, TV show, Tea Towel. Tea Towel, yes. Fish yes, I, do you know, that's that's what I want, the Hawkeye Black Widow TV show. Mm. Don't waste any time. Bring us this. Have them set up, you know, get get them an apartment. Show me that. I want yeah, that. friends. Decor arguments. Someone's boyfriend that doesn't go down well. It's all good. You know, just lots of little dramas going to the coffee shop downstairs together, you know. They could need a roommate to make up the money. Who would they get? Oh, somebody normal. So interesting. Ryan Reynolds. Yes. <laughs> but not a dead one. Just Ryan Reynolds. Just Ryan Reynolds. Two girls and a guy and a, and a bow and arrow. The guy is Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> um, so what could go Kate's, wrong? Kate's not going to have a lot of money now, is she? Because I'm guessing everything's going to be confiscated as being proceeds of crime. So it's yeah. be quite a different life. She's going to need somewhere to live. Yeah. She's I got dogs. This, this has legs. She's got responsibilities. One thing on Kate that um, just when we were talking about her personality and everything, I mean, it's interesting. It reminds me of uh, maybe episode one where Eleanor is saying to her that you are young, which makes you think you're indestructible and you're rich. And that makes you think you're indestructible. And I think there is something in that. Mm. that and again, in one of the later episodes, Clint says to her, your inability to act like an adult doesn't, you know, it's not fair that that means you just get your way all the time and she's like yeah but it is what it is and i do think there is something about from that privileged background mm. that uh that i think that plays into it a bit which i, I mean there's something to be knocked down out. a bit like yeah she needs a bit more knocking back uh, well no, i i don't i don't think she needs to be knocked back but i think it's interesting that the show is kind of pointing out that that's some of the things that have helped lead her to you know who she is yeah there aren't many of these people who've, who've come from a place of privilege. I mean, Iron Man is a good comparison. And and mm. he gets knocked down without having it all taken away. Yeah. Mm. So you don't necessarily have to yeah. use it. We are supposed to see the growth in him, although it's growth that's kind of reset by the time the next film comes around. Mm. But... Mm. Mm. It, it, it will be really interesting to see what they do. And I, it, in some ways, I just want her to rock up, which is what I wish had happened with Yelena. So... I think 2022, I'm going to try and buy out of the Marvel marketing machine. Even potentially end credit sequences. <gasps> I mean, clearly if I'm in the cinema, I'm going to watch them and so on. But imagine how good this series would have been if we hadn't seen that she was coming for Hawkeye. Yeah. When when she rocks up. yeah, And clearly we all would have... There would have been rumours. We would have thought about it. We would have talked about it after the Black Widow film. But if we didn't know... And then suddenly someone turns up fighting in a mask in episode four. And we're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Is Yelena finally here? It would have been really exciting. But wouldn't we just be saying, isn't it Mephisto again? Like, (laughs) isn't there the danger that the imagination is greater than the truth? No, because she turns up and the mask is taken off. There's no setup that there's someone hunting them, that there's something further going on. Again, I think, by and large, the Kingpin stuff, maybe, maybe not. But by and large, they didn't do that in this series. I think it worked better for Mm. not having that. But this is, I I mean, this is a bigger Marvel conversation. That there's just, 
there is so much, even in end credit sequences, that sets up the next thing. You, because you watched this, we think you will like the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And they and it's too much. I, I want to know less about what's coming. You know, certain other films that have come out that we knew a lot of the casting from very early on, and they've then had people lying in interviews about what's going on, that then they rock up and you're like, oh, well, yeah, it was a lie. Of course it was a lie. And that diminishes what could be a great moment. So I, I have been through and I have unsubscribed everything on my Google News feed that could mention Marvel, that could mention actors and characters and so on to try to reduce my exposure to it. Yeah. And it does make me very happy that the end credits of this wasn't and Kate's flying to Russia to hunt down the Black Widows to yeah. join them or something. It was just a an absolute throwaway. Here's something fun for those of you sticking around the credits because we'd like you to watch the credits. Thank you very much. Okay, bye now. What a and, gift. And, and the big new movie that finished with an end credit sequence that was a bit of fun and then an actual trailer. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's I really fun. I wish I'd not seen that trailer. Hmm? I really wish I'd not seen that trailer because I don't normally watch the trailers. No. But I was quite far into it before I realized, I thought, is this a trailer this seems to be oh oh i'm watching it already (laughs) i i think i'd like more post-credit sequences that are just a bit of fun like the Mm. shawarma sequence yes which is is one of the favorites you normally get one that's a bit of fun don't you and then one that's um Mm. actually continuation of the story and i i agree with you in part in that i'm fine with the end credit because i love the whole big world and and then i can speculate about you know uh we're okay to talk about Eternals, aren't we? Yes. Yes, yeah. which is on Disney Plus now. Yes, I'm just watching it today. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing with Mahershala Ali's voice coming in. So mm-hmm. now, yeah, I love mm. then the, oh, like speculating between us, people who don't know. I'm, you know, I really enjoy that side of things. The stuff being leaked and then, the you know, the big press speculation mm-hmm. where you're like, well, us saying, oh, we think it might he might turn up in this one. That's just we're picking up on what might be in the films or and, and yep. genuine speculation. Whereas when stuff starts circulating in the press, yes, there's some false stuff, but more often than not, there has been some something mm-hmm. behind it. Um, and that's a lot of that stuff I would prefer to have my first instance of it would have been on screen. Yeah. But part of that is the commodification of fandom, isn't it? And it's one of mm-hmm. those things that's really frustrating about, um, I, I suppose, the the mainstream culture that that mm. we're now in you know is is that you can't really have fun speculation because you must have a think piece and you must have a rumor mill constantly on the go it's like football you know it used to be exciting to think about the january transfer window and to speculate about who might do what but mm. when you've got someone like stood outside every single right okay. manager's yeah, yeah, house yeah. like it gets it gets a bit weird and a lot less fun um, and quite hard for anyone to arrange an actual surprise. Yeah, I do remember that, you know, oh, I've just seen Ashley Cole walking down Crystal yeah. Palace High Street. It must mean, you know. Is it three hours yeah. looking through Harry Redknapp's car window? Yeah, just, was just you know, randos seeing people on the street and stuff and coming up with it, yeah. yeah. Sh- sure, I just saw Messi getting on a plane to Stoke. <laughs> exactly. And, and anyway, sorry, enough sports. Yeah, but but I do think it's it's a fair analogy. Before it was an industry, before mm. it was dedicated twelve mm. hours of Sky Sports programming, it was fun, especially on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that same thing when you've got people kind of talking for twelve hours, um, and actually having the real information, or you know, it's that kind of drip fed mm. 
thing. It, it's yeah, yeah. So it's I, I, I know some of this might be absolutely on me because I follow people on Twitter. We talk yeah. about it on Twitter. Yep, yep. I look up stuff on Google. So Google then goes, "Ah, oh, you're interested in Hawkeye." Here's everything I've ever heard about Hawks with Eyes. Um, so what I what I am trying to do is I'm trying to reduce that, trying to stop it from happening, so so I'm not buying into it. Um, mm. And we'll see if that changes, you know, what whatever comes out this year. But I also feel like Marvel don't quite get it right yet. I think yeah. they didn't get it right with One Division by setting up things that just weren't going to happen. Yeah, which I think is pretty poor, and they don't get it right with leaks and denials and even putting it like I, I think I'm actually a little bit annoyed that they did a Hawkeye thing in the Black Widow credits because it basically ruined that moment so what her turning up yeah I think Ru- I think ruined it ruined it it changed what the moment could have been yeah it, yes absolutely mm. and, and wait, more so the fact that I think I think on the Disney um uh feed I think I saw a photo of the mask right. and that saying it was Yelena, like <laughs> literally the day before. And so that was like, oh, great. Mm. Whereas at least, at least I would have had, oh, is it, is it, is it might be Yelena. Uh, so instead it was, oh, hi, hi Yelena. Um, I think though, if we hadn't had that uh, post credit scene and she just turned up and was beating up Clint, I would have mm-hmm. been a bit like, I'm sorry, what, what is going on here? And I think it might have felt a bit threadbare. Oh, I think no, that need would have to, been we'll exciting. need to put something else. Mm. Well, then I think you'd at least then need to put something in after she'd appeared. Yeah. To establish. Well, the next what, episode yeah. opens with her blipping, and then a whole thing where they, where she and she and Kate talk about it, about her coming after him yeah. and what's happening and why. And especially yeah. because her being hired doesn't fit with that credit sequence where she seems to be sent. Mm. No, fine. I know, but, but I, fine. I, I. No, I assumed that um, Eleanor had hired count the Countess to find some, somebody. And she decided to send Yelena. Yeah, because if she can set up a Black mm. Widow with a grudge, mm. and also because of whatever that's building to, you know, if she wants Yelena on her team, mm-hmm. which clearly there's going to be some kind of team or something. Mm. And yeah, so I always thought that that okay. was, she no, was no, like I the, could buy the broker. That, yeah. Okay. The death I mean, broker. I, I th- I thought it was interesting that she did seem to be building a team, mm. but that we might end up seeing maybe more representatives of this team mm. being deployed rather than having them as some kind of unit of bad. I don't know also how much I really buy after Black Widow, Yelena being super comfortable about just being a killer for hire. No, I wouldn't have thought that either, but she did want Hawkeye... And yeah. if there was a door to that, then it was a mutually appealing yeah, arrangement. So, yeah, so from one, there on, the I don't think one, so. I think makes sense. Mm. But my understanding from watching that flashback and with the other widow introducing it to the idea of contract killing, um, and also from the post credit scene for Black Widow, she says to um, the Contessa that she wants a raise. So this this isn't her first... One, she's on holiday. One, she's on holiday. And two, she wants a raise. Mm. So this doesn't suggest this is her first ever mission. It's just she has been out killing for money. But and it, again, I think if if it could be aligned with, yes, she thinks this is a bad person, then mm-hmm. maybe. But 
Yeah, I think if she's going after the sort of people Ronan was going after. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That I can buy, yeah. But, yeah. We, but we don't know that. You're right. Mm. So, yes. Interesting. Just as a, a quick thing, I remembered another thing that I did like about this. And again, what made this show so different than pretty much every other American show I've ever watched in my life. People actually talked about things that were going on. They actually sat down and said, hey, that person fighting us was weird. Was it? it was really weird. I think it's X, Y, and Z. Oh, that means that's this. Where she saw people talking and putting things together. Brilliant. Yeah. Bring that, I love that. More I, that. I yeah. love that this show seemed to have all the bits in between. Mm. And, and I could, again, stand for a real phase of this in television i think mm. we, we're we used to seeing the highlights i think in in avengers films and i think a lot of us are ready to see a lot more domestic mm. stuff i could be completely wrong some people might be thoroughly sick of domestic things because they've been <laughs> in houses for two years but or you know small spaces and then maybe everyone just wants to see space fights mm. and things and i hope that captain marvel will be soon well, yeah and there is content for them absolutely yeah mm. But having having these conversations, I wonder as well if we can really afford not to have that because I do think that when you look at um, again things like fan culture, fan fiction, that the dominant thread in that is often all of these bits in between, and I think that people, I suspect that particularly younger audiences do want to see more smaller moments and more connection and more chemistry and mm. interesting complicated relationships and moralizing and thinking and growth and yeah i think also after 25 26 films now 26 <laughs> films have many series etc mm-hmm. i think they're going to have to lean into that because mm. they need in order to keep this interesting mm. And there's only so many things they can do with the fighty fighty kick kick stuff. And absolutely, I think they'll need to stay part of it. I mean, they are Avengers and superheroes and what have you. Um, But I think it needs needs to go deeper if it is going to keep people's attention. Because the thing is, we've seen a lot of the splashy stuff already now. And, you know, what you can do with CGI and that. And I think you you can't really rely on that as much to be, you know, the pull for your your, uh, programming. And I think they also need more coming in points as well. And I did feel like Hawkeye was a show that would work as well as a coming in point for for a fresh audience to Marvel. Or maybe people who, you know, watched Iron Man when they were 12. Um, yeah. Or maybe saw it at the first Avengers. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. I had a really interesting conversation with um, somebody. Mm recently on on twitter who shall remain nameless in case i misquote things um but a a good friend who says many interesting things about films and fandom and things um and and they were talking about uh how they'd noticed recently in um certain aspects of of marvel fandom that people just didn't seem to understand who the characters were and what had happened to them. Almost like talking to me about the Avengers, you know, where it was as if people just couldn't remember the canon. Um, and, and, they, and they were talking about how, you know, people would, would talk about sort of Steve as if he... Uh, and I think this was in the context of, of Hawkeye, the show, where people were saying, you know, redemption stories and talking about Steve as this kind of wholly good person who's just never hurt a fly in his life and, and such like... Um, and it led me to wonder, is this what happens when you have Iron Man pyjamas when you're eight? 
And when you are mm. introduced to complex characters mm. um, who are not presented to you as whole and complete, but you're eight. So mm. <laughs> do, do you get all that nuance or do you just see the guy with the suit and the money? Um, you know, do you just see the poster? And, and mm. much like me, if you try and remember a film where you perhaps didn't understand everything that was in it or you've always taken it as read, you are building on false foundations to a certain extent. I think especially if you're watching the Avengers films, which is very likely for that sort of tween teen crowd, um, because you don't necessarily get the nuance and character growth in them because they're dealing with the ensemble. So they get, right, what's the character trait here? Tony's really smart uh, and a bit of a, what's it? And Chris Evans, whatever his character's name, Biceps. Steve Rogers. Yeah, is very strong and very good. And so on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then when you have these more complex things coming now, mm-hmm. you're comparing them with something from from a, a place where you weren't looking at those films with the same eye. And I think mm. it would be wrong for any of us to claim that we watched Iron Man with the same eye that we're watching Hawkeye now. No. But still, I was like in my mid-twenties at least and... And there were lots of things I got. And I remember watching Iron Man 2 and thinking, you can't show children this. You can't make this a, a child fun character. This is a broken and complicated man. But anyway, I, I just think there's there's something very interesting about how it is so big. The Marvel franchise is so big and there are so many things that really are the text. The text mm. is just enormous. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you're in great danger of reading things wrong at any point unless they are very well orientated. And, and maybe um, that's why the fan culture exists, to make sure everyone's sort of reading it in the right way and homogenising their the opinions. And part, part of the problem is, though, isn't it, that much of, depending on where you are, those louder voices are either based on, on misconceptions or, as I say, like differing mm. what what you bring to things in, in different ways. The easiest, and I think most all of that is reading. good. Mm. I think all of that is good. And the nice thing is that, you know, the films and the text are there. Mm. But it is incredible how wrong people can be. But, I mean, does it matter? I think it, it only matters in the sense that we really are building on and building on the internal story in all of these things that we're watching. So if you are relying on an intense understanding of why Clint needs this rehabilitation for for Hawkeye to work, which to some extent I think you are, Mm. um, and if you want to bring in a new audience of, as I say, like people who've watched a few Avengers films because their parents like them, Mm. um, and you're hoping to reorientate them, I, I just think that it's going to be hard work and I'm not entirely sure that Hawkeye necessarily worked and, and that was sort of this, this conversation in that sense for those people. So where I was going was as Marvel tries to do more new things, how hard do they have to work to kind of keep their story straight? Hmm. I think it's almost like there's, there's two two audiences they're writing to, there, isn't there? Or maybe three. There's, there's us lot who soaked it and when we can remember it are very kind of, well, I think you'll find it back in that first. <laughs> so I don't quite know how you think this is going to work. Um, and then you've got the people who have come in partway through maybe, I don't know, maybe they're coming through the Eternals or the mm. Spider-Man films or, or whatever. And 
they don't need that level of detail really i think at these films you can enjoy them i mean when i was back in um with my parents for christmas we watched black panther they have no idea about the rest of it I, they can't remember my dad can't remember <laughs> star wars films that we have definitely been to see together at the cinema and he just has no idea who the characters are or anything so Black Panther is a great example, though, of a coming in at film. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it was built from the ground up for an audience that was not required to have done any homework. Mm -hmm. This is, if you're in the film, in the cinema watching this film, this film is for you. You need nothing else. Mm. And I think it is a a very safe and welcoming entry into Marvel. And I think it was designed that way. I think Captain Marvel was similar for me as well. Mm -hmm. But. I think that's the difference between those things and these ongoing stories. No, absolutely. And I think the Hawkeye, I was just thinking through it, that if you didn't, if you hadn't seen the endgame scenes talking about Ronan, I don't think you'd get quite how bloodthirsty he was as Ronan. Mm. Because the the references to him basically kind of clearing up New York City. Well, that doesn't sound like such a bad thing. Or the references... And and then there's been reference, you know, Yelena talks about how many people he's killed. Well, you can say that about all of the Avengers, you know? They have caused the deaths of... You can twist it that way if you want. So I think there is a... I I think that would be some quite a key thing that you're missing as to how important it is that people don't find out he was the Ronin. It took me a second... And I will admit this is a thing I probably would have mentioned had we been podcasting. This is a complete mm. tangent. But mm. talking about Ronan. And they do this in the show. They call him Ronan. And I'm like, is that Lee Pace? Is that someone going... Ronan. Yeah, it would be, exactly. And they always pronounce it in, in the same way they always pronounce Ronan the Accuser. That's uh-huh. where my head goes every time. Or the, you know, when the going gets tough. Tough gets going. Um... <sighs> And I'm trying to remember, Ronan Keating is the joke oh. I'm making. And even I couldn't remember his name, despite trying to make the joke. Life is a roller coaster. That yes. Yes. Um, mm. I think, just just to move us slightly into a different different area, but, but mm. off, off some of this conversation, uh, there's speculation about like a young Avengers team, you yeah. know, creating the kid Avengers things. And I am not sure they're actually going to do that, but I think there is something in what they're doing by casting young people who could do this for 20 years mm. rather than the sort of 10, maybe 15 that we're going to get out of the original cast, by and large. I think they're looking slightly longer term, but they're also looking for people who will commit to appearing in more films. Yeah. You know, Doctor Strange, the first film, came out in 2016. And we've not had another Doctor Strange film. He's been bits in other films, but we haven't really had any development of him um, and the background of Tilda Swinton, which is what we're all going to see that film for. <laughs> but the, um, I feel like the, the the introduction of Doctor Strange was a whole thing of, oh, this could go take the MCU in a really interesting place and do all this magic-y, mm. magic-y stuff. And that's not emerged. And maybe it's going to emerge the next time. We've had, mm. you know, some are wonder, some of other things in other films, but by and large... That's still on hold. Whereas we've had three Spider-Man's films. Mm. Um, which is partially Sony, you know, I can completely admit, yes, that Sony just wanted to make a lot of money mm. very quickly. But partially also because they cast young people in that film who will come back and make those films very quickly because they're going to get a lot of money. And each film can then co-star an MCU person. 
So you have Tony rocking up in the first one and Nick Fury rocking up the next one and another person rocking up in the third one without Mm. having to be, we've got to schedule Benedict Cumberbatch and Chiwetel Ejiofor and Benedict Wong and so on. Mm. So I, I, I think there's actually a very clever thing going on where they're getting these actors coming in who they could do lots of properties with every year, every couple of years and, and get the MCU rolling properly. Yeah, because I mean, there still seems to be appetite for it, doesn't there? Mm. I, and because I thought I would be completely over anything to do with Marvel by now, if I'm honest. But let's just say my last trip to the cinema <laughs> was one of the most exciting ever of Marvel. And so, yeah, I'm still all mm. in. And I, th- I read some of the, they've got some like 30 films and TV programs on the slate in the future. Nice. Not named, mm-hmm. but just there are 30 projects. And that's nuts. Yeah, and 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 great. I want them to be doing that, but I want it to be. If it's going to be an interconnected universe, mm. make it an interconnected universe. One of my complaints with Eternals was, why is this film here? Why have I not got another Doctor Strange? Why are you not filling in stories that I'm really in, into already, rather than making this thing over here that I'm not entirely sure why it's fitting in? It's just a, a again my feeling on Civil War. It was just we want to do that story. Let's throw it in before we start killing off characters. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, though, with that, if if they are talking about that many projects and therefore going on for many, many more years, mm-hmm. then I think it does make sense to start building some... Mm. So you've got more... If you, I don't know. I mean, if you think Guardians, when that first came out, nothing to do with what we were what we were dealing with. And then a few years later, it does fit into the story. But you yeah. could quite happily just watch the Guardians films and have no knowledge of the rest of it. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's that's the thing. You've got these sort of strand things, and then you've got the central characters, mm. um, and you've sort of got Thor and Captain America films, yeah. and and their their films are separate but also mm. intertwined, and and again, it just gets so big. There's so much. It's asking a lot of any audience. Guardians was a time when it was okay to be introducing the new stuff because they hadn't introduced space and this was clearly something that needed mm. space to be introduced. Mm. I, I think we're now, I'm now at a stage where I need them to start delivering on some of the stuff they've set mm. up. And, and again, slightly what I didn't like about or, or will need something to come from uh, okay, whatever we're talking about now mm. is <laughs> is the thing with the watch and that she might be Agent Nineteen and and, mm. and this like are you going to do anything with that? Is that just a throwaway thing that's not going to mean anything? As there has always been stuff set up in the past that may have drifted and is never going to be delivered on because we don't like that actor anymore, we don't like that character anymore, this kind of thing. Mm. And, and it's going to be echoing slightly the whole marketing thing. When we talk about the stuff that's on the slate, this show would have been a very different watch if they hadn't announced the Echo series. Yeah, which I think was a weird thing to do even before we had come out. I have been wondering if they announced the Echo series because actually Echo doesn't get as much as you'd think. And in a way, this is almost like a stealth, like a backdoor pilot for for Echo. Um, And I think it's almost out of kind of... I suppose respect to to the actor because otherwise it's it's really a B story, yeah. um, and and yeah. that's okay if you know that she's getting a show because that's a big deal mm-hmm. and it is a big deal and we're all looking forward to that, and I think having seen sort of how overall it was just not a big thing, 
I made a face. <laughs> Sorry, you were looking away. I made a face. So I, that, that beautifully brings us on to talking about our villains, having hey, talked about our heroes. Does it? Smooth, <laughs> smooth. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Alacqua Cox as, as Echo Matthew. You see, I thought she got a lot. And I, I think there is a, a different world without the marketing machine where we watch this show. And the question is, would you be interested in the Echo spin-off series? In the same way, other TV shows have characters that are quite good that we think, oh, I'd like to see more of them and whatever their journey is going to be. And and yeah, I would say, yes, I'm sort of interested. I think she's the one so far who could support the classic sort of 18 Knight Rider story of travelling the country, putting right what once went wrong type sto- mm. you know, stories. Without it tying into the whole big Marvel thing, she could just go off and have her sort of side adventures. Yeah, you know the, the 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 really classic American series of, well, like the Hulk. Yeah, yes, yeah, a hundred percent. Hulk, Quantum mm-hmm. Leap, A Team, yeah. Highlander. It was all they're just traveling, and they come across a small town, and there's someone terrorizing the town, and they have to help stop the terrorization. Yeah, brilliant. I I liked the actress in the role. I think she did incredibly well considering this was her first ever acting job. Wow. And she's there Good on her. with three Oscar nominees. Mm-hmm. Four Oscar nominees. Because uh, um, Vera Farmer. Eleanor. Yeah. And I think she did fantastically in that role. I can't say I'm particularly interested in what happens next to her. Oh, interesting. Well, I, I think that we, far, we... Yeah. I would be far more interested in a Jack series if they actually really? did something with him as being the swordsman. Swordsman? Mm. Is that what he was called? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. In the comics, in, yeah. In the comics, yeah. If they actually, you know, if it actually had turned out at the end that he was something and not just, you know, kind of doofus with a sword... Um, then yeah, I, I thought he was just a more fun character. I just she's a very flat character. I know that's deliberate and that's that's part of the. But then I'm thinking, how much do I want to watch that for? For forty five minutes every week. But I feel like the point is that she's going off, presumably, to start a life now. Mm. And how do you start a life when you've been shaped by these experiences? And if you think about Hawkeye as being this sort of back to life series mm. i i think that there's a lot of potential in in an echo series um, I'm sure in that respect do... i'm sure they'll do it very well as they they seem to be mm. good at this stuff um most of the time <laughs> uh but i have to say and i hate this the fact that given this is a female-led show the two things i'm most interested in about an echo show are daredevil and kingpin okay now, hopefully, my mind will be changed when I see it. Mm. Uh, but I I think because she's quite a low-key character. Um, yeah. And very sto- sort of seems very stoic, not very emotional. It, it feels a really good way of in- interrogating the MCU at a very low level, at a very low-key level. Mm. It, I, I only watched it the other day, so this is why I'm thinking of it. The bit in Birds of Prey where... Harley's talking to the young girl about her ex, and and the girl's like, "So who's your ex?" She's like, "Oh, the Joker. Who's that?" That's amazing. That is a great moment for DC to lean mm. into, and I would enjoy some of that here. Of you know, Abby, if they if they're going to have a series that 
looks at people's perceptions of these heroes and what they actually are, what they do, and and she gets access to that side that we've not seen before. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. And I think I really enjoyed her more understated, single-minded approach to mm-hmm. things because it feels different but thoroughly plausible. She's not been in an environment to develop a cracking personality or, you know, sparkling wit. She's she's just a lot of, of possibilities, I think. But I, I really enjoyed that tone. I really enjoyed having... And it's, it's interesting, actually, because we did just talk about how much I love Yelena because she's all that. And I <laughs> love that Echo is more subdued. And just a very different woman Hmm. with very different qualities and tone and everything. And I don't think we've seen that in the MCU. And I certainly don't think we see it in a lead very often. But, you know, why shouldn't why shouldn't a character with those attributes be a lead? It's just how do you how do you make it watchable to people who expect their leads to sparkle? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because imagine imagine if she had been big and gregarious. Oh, no, no. In this show, it just <laughs> it just would have been like, oh my word, what is this show throwing at me? No, it wouldn't have worked. I, said, I, I, yeah. I think it worked really well within this mm. as mm. she's part of mm. the show. Just the idea of it being all on her shoulders. Um, they're going to have to do something. It can't just be what we've seen. Yeah. As far as her character, there will need to be okay. something else there, I think. Well, for me, anyway. I'm obviously going to watch it either way. <laughs> they have me. <laughs> my soul, soul is sold. <laughs> Um, so talking through Echo and then if we're going up the chain of command we have Mr Kingpin in his nice white suit what what were thoughts Matthew what are your thoughts on Kingpin I thought it meshed well with my memories of Kingpin from animated stuff because that's what that's what I cause, because I didn't watch enough of the Daredevil series, I don't know him from that particularly well. Oh, okay. Um, so it meshed much more with that than with a you know a more characterized version. It, it, this was the Spider-Man makes a joke about his size and he grabs Spider-Man and crushes him and it's like, but it's three hundred yeah. pounds of muscle. Or great, yeah. and and I enjoyed it because because this show was sort of grounded and so on. It worked to have someone who was just a moustache twirling villain. Mm. Abby I mean I, I didn't watch Daredevil and I'd forgotten he was the villain in Spider-Man so <laughs> no one was surprised um, <laughs> I, I thought I thought he was he was interesting in, in, a, in a kind of mob boss sense I have limited capacity for interest in that trope right. or genre it, like it's it's alright it's not something I really go to um, and I prefer Robert De Niro in things like that. Um, and so I just, it, it was fine. It was all right. Mm-hmm. I assume he's not dead. Okay. I, you know, it just, yeah. <laughs> it, it it didn't bring me the delight. I mean, we, we had an interesting conversation and, and, mm. and I, I came to learn that there's clearly more to it, but not not for me, not yet. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think... Because I couldn't. Last time we spoke, I couldn't remember if I'd watched two or three episodes, two or three seasons of Daredevil. Mm. And actually, having gone back and looked at what is in the third season, I did watch because he's the main baddie in the first season and the third season. Yeah, I, I think I just assumed if you'd started it, Laura, you'd finished it. Of all of yes. us, you know. 
and that would normally be a good call in itself. But I remember the third season getting pretty violent. It's the Punisher one, isn't it? So it's going to be... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, really... And I remember not being that keen on it, but I can't okay. remember which. Anyway, anyway, so I have actually seen all of Daredevil. Um, and I really like Vincent Nuffer in this role. We didn't see so much of it here, mm-hmm. so I'm bringing a lot from, from Daredevil. But there was, there was a little bit when... Um, it's when Eleanor is basically resigning as if she works at Goldman Sachs. Uh, and it's just that. And again, I don't know if it came across just because I've seen him in different situations as this character. But the, the kind of menace that he, he's not screaming and shouting at her. And then when she leaves, his lip does this thing. Okay. And it's and that's what you see. I think from memory, you see that kind of thing nice. where he's so angry but it's already and you know going to feed into some some big explosion that we're not going to see yet. So I loved all of that. I was a little confused as to. I mean, I know there's the whole thing. He's like muscle, so I could just about buy the arrow, just going mm-hmm. in and that mm-hmm. being it. Him ripping the car door off is an escalation <laughs> because that's superpower level. That isn't just very 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 strong, muscly man. Um, and and particularly that then going to Kate managing to not die whilst fighting this man, yeah, that felt. And and I, so I assume we have for me to buy that I'm having to think he's pulling his punches with her. Because otherwise he would you know he's like pushing her across the room instead mm. of just like punching her in the face, mm-hmm. and knocking her out and that's that I don't need to deal with it. but so I, but from his. Personality, I don't really understand why he would be pulling his punches. So anyway, I think that was a little uneven. Okay. But uh, I'm very pleased to see him back and there's no way in hell that they brought him back and then killed him off screen. Although yeah, right. they they did bring Simon Callow for one episode, it well, transpired. That, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Who actually killed Armand III? Eleanor? So do we think Eleanor actually went and stuck a sword in his side? Because it's particular. Because okay. doesn't she use the Ronin sword to do it? Um, we don't know a sword. I don't. I don't really know which one. Okay. Hmm. okay. It, I don't. It just didn't seem very in character for her to do. You know, get her hands dirty. Whereas it does. The story seemed to suggest that it was her because mm-hmm. they're very clear about. I think, and the, the one state Kate says. You know, my mum killed Armand and hired Yelena to kill Clint. Mm-hmm. Clint, you know, so it, it's sort of as if there is quite a difference in involvement there. Yeah. Hmm. And so, Eleanor. What do we think of Mummy Bishop? I thought she was great. I absolutely loved that character. I loved just the the mess of a relationship she had with her daughter and I loved that they didn't try and repair anything or or sort of go through any process whereby Kate would <laughs> make it better for her hmm. um, I also I also think that uh, parents in all these things must be banned from the line I just want to protect you <laughs> because they inevitably make it worse. Well, I'm not sure it's something parents should say to their children anyway, because they really aren't very good at it, um, generally speaking, especially if they're in a situation where they need to say it. So anyway, um, yeah, I thought I thought it was an excellent um, representation of a thoroughly dysfunctional 
um, parental relationship. And I really appreciated that they didn't try and, you know, happy ending it. I, I'm glad you reminded me she was in this movie, in this show. Because <laughs> I would admit I'd sort of forgotten her when I think back over it. She um, has a wonderful dress in one episode. She, well, she, yes. she always dresses great. I, I do remember mm. that. I was going, yeah, she looks wonderful. But, but also villain villain dressing. Oh, yeah. I mean, when we mm. first see her in that red... One, yeah, one yeah. colour for the entire series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. It, it doesn't help that in looking her up, just remind myself of anything, she's listed next to Ralph Boner. That doesn't <laughs> help anyone. Um, let me no. tell you what I think about that. Yeah. Um, That's not. Yeah. She, yeah. she was fine. She did the parental thing. Um... I think just after years of superheroes, I'm sort of turned off by superhero motivations are dead parents and parents with secrets. It it, it feels su- such a trope that I'm now just okay. But that wasn't Kate's motivation, was it? Because it was she didn't know about it until later. No, so but the the motivation I... of her dad dying. And then the mother just also being there. I, I don't know. It just oh, I see. parents and superhero things. Yeah. I mean there's there's so much that is because of her father's death in her story and I think it, without that it's quite difficult to form that story. I suppose you know the the idea that exceptional people need to suffer bereavement at a young age hmm. seems a little unfair. I suppose I think it it slightly humanizes so for her to get to her skill level at her age in all of the things she's skilled at, we have to see, as we see in the opening credits, you know, that she has trained and excelled in mm-hmm. gymnastics and um, fencing and um, martial arts and um, archery and everything. And so I suppose it does remove some of the slight potential obnoxiousness of that if you're doing that because your dad died when you were younger and you wanted to feel capable so you could protect your mother. Yeah. Is actually, is I just that wanted the thing? to be really good at this stuff. Is, is that the thing? If her dad hasn't died, she's just an enormously privileged kid, and no amount of "but you're rich" is going to stop her. You know, if she's if she's got two parents who aren't really awful, mm. then she's just got too much. Yeah, maybe. And and I suppose, you know, anytime you're going to tell the story of somebody in the context of their parents, you have choices to make about how people are going to feel about that character based on the relationship they have with their parents. And it's it's very rare you see a story about somebody with happy parents mm. because too many people are just like, yeah, but it's easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, though. Jack. Now, I've got him listed on, under our villains just because I didn't know where else to put him. Fair enough. And he was obviously in question. I did quite like that. The mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Is, it, is it Eleanor who's the baddie? Is it Jack? Is it both of them? Um, and I was, like I said, rather hoping they were actually going to do something with him mm-hmm. in that he, yes, he was the patsy, but perhaps he was deliberately being the patsy because he was also investigating. You know, something along those lines. But they didn't. Um, he's going to be a LARPO instead by the looks of things. <laughs> Which we do not need a series on. Uh, so, what what do you guys think of Jack? I, I think I've come to peace with what happened with him in the end. It was a bit like, well, what what the Blumenek was all that other stuff. 
given this is where we're going to end up, it felt like the the one division star misdirection. But I think mm. you're right; it's it was not so bad. Uh, and perhaps it's because in that opening episode, there's the bit of the mother arguing with Simon Callow, and it's like, ah, she's clearly more into this than just marrying into this. So mm-hmm. I, I think they always set that up, and it was then. So what's this guy? Um, but in the end, the character wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it was at least memorable in his interactions with the LARPers, definitely at the end there. So, it comes out positive. Yeah, I quite liked with them. Um, well, I didn't like that he turns up to the Christmas party with a sword. <laughs> because, and to the point they hang a lampshade on it, but isn't it weird he's got a sword? Because we want him to be able to be fighting the... Uh, tracksuit mafia with mm. his sword later but so that was a bit kind of like mm, i think pushing it here guys but i did like when we first see him with his sword um fighting the tracksuit mafia and he says to kate hello sweetie and she is accepting of it at that stage mm-hmm. now she's decided he's not a baddie because we saw her starting to soften a bit anyway um before the whole sloan limited things we saw her starting to soften towards this idea of him being in a relationship with her mum yeah. seeing her mum happy um, and so I really like that now that that suspicion's out of the way, she's sort of, yeah, I'm not going to be snarky towards that. Mm. That's sweet. Mm. Yeah. I, I liked him. I, I really enjoyed um, the sort of Princess Bride tone that I think yes. he brought yes. to it. it. It was, it was again, it was refreshing and it's something you can do in television. I think mm. there's there's room for that. And I liked the bit of the misdirect because I think that... that Whilst, yes, it is a misdirect for the show, it's the experience that Kate's having as well. She isn't sure. Mm-hmm. And she's going through quite a lot um, in that. And, yeah, I felt like he, he added some interest and intrigue and lightness in the end um, that was quite necessary. Plus, you know, who doesn't love a bit of fencing? You know? It's all good fun. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's not... Outside the realms of possibility, we might see him again in a kind of background um, mentor type role with her. Mm-hmm. You know, that now that her mum's being shipped off to prison, maybe she does have more of a relationship with him. Not and impossible. Given his, he's the we we've been shown he's a superior um, swordsman to her. Mm. Then there is still that room for you know for training and. I feel know, like teaching. we could see that band of. LARPers yeah. coming in to play a bit more like that's mm-hmm. a resource that she has mm-hmm. almost you know like Sherlock's band of yeah urchins now she's got a <laughs> band of LARPers <laughs> it's very similar yeah. I, I think I think that's played out for me I'm afraid yeah but I still wouldn't be surprised if it was just a kind of quick A to B at some yeah, point yeah. down the road and that would be fun not towards it yeah yeah so what have we got Series, well. we are doing well. We are actually like storming through this. I thought it was Go going to be much longer. So we're talking about the series as a whole. What are your series highlights? Sorry, what is your? I don't want a long list. What is your series highlight? Yelena's blue mascara. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> should have predicted that one. Sorry, <laughs> I would say the narrated fight sequence if you want more. Okay, so in the final episode, we're yeah. fighting through the building. Yeah, which with that. I, it was really weird. Every time I listen, every time I watch it, the beginning of that music and that scene, it sounds like the um, Mission Impossible music. Oh, really? <laughs> it goes da da da. Nice. And it just it's exactly when 
that would kick in in a Mission Impossible film as well, just as the action scenes kicking off. But anyway, Matthew. Um, Yelena's plaited Mohican. <laughs> frankly, yeah. frankly, if we're if we're doing Yelena stuff, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, the uh, fight before the narrated fight, the fight in the lift, uh-huh. particularly because there is a shot. She keeps trying to push her out, and and Kate Bishop just just manages to slide in. And they stand there, and they give a shot over their shoulder, and you can see all the buttons, and and you just know what they're both thinking, <laughs> and they're both just stood there, and and they hold the beat for long enough that it's like, are they about to do this? Are they about to do an elf joke? <laughs> written and di- in a Christmas. Moment. Well, written and directed by John Favreau, who made Iron Man, so you know. Um, but but in this serious, quasi serious spy thing and they absolutely do they do a, a, a nice couple of moves to set it up and then they actually do it and it's really good fun and I like it nice I, like it. I, I obviously forgot the other thing that is the best thing which is Adam Pascal and the musical which is just bless Matthew what did you think about the musical because unfortunately I wasn't able to oh come on don't ask Matthew oh so you're you're now asking me about my low lights no don't okay. ask we'll set we'll okay Moving swiftly on. Uh, Yeah, so my highlight, (laughs) keeping it positive, um, is if I have to pick a Yelena one, then as the Mohican is gone, I will say her green coat. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I rather like. But otherwise, it is, and I'm afraid it is a Yelena again, it's the macaroni uh, conversation. So much going on. I watched it today. Mm -hmm. There's so much going on in that scene. And... And they're both such good actors, yeah. both in, in themselves and then bouncing off each other. Because you've got, it's fun and, and everything, but there is this menace lying underneath that if she needs to, Yelena is going to kill you. Yeah. Mm. yeah if, if it came to it, that's what's good. She'd rather not. And that Kate gets that. And yet you've still got all of this, this as, you know, as Yelena says, thanks for the girls' night. I just, I think it's all really well written well directed and also just masterfully played and and just makes me want to see much more of them because i think we, it won't always have to be i love the elevator scene but i think if you are going to get a series or a tv show focusing on these it can't just be that all the time mm-hmm. whereas the mac and cheese gave me both mm. yes and low lights I, I mean it's not an actual low light I didn't like the musical thing. I think it was okay the bit that we had with him watching it because it was it leaned very heavily into we're sort of doing TV mockery of an actual mm-hmm. show. But that bit in the credits, I don't think it threaded the needle between having fun with it and actually putting on a musical thing. And it it I, I did not enjoy it. So that's that's exactly what I liked about it because I you know I get what we were doing in the TV show but it's also not a joke I mean that is a musical song it's not it, it's a serious business hmm. Matthew Broadway Broadway mm-hmm. is a thing and, thank you uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought it was fairly respectful given that we've had the characters mock that through I was quite pleased that they let it just be the thing and take it seriously because for people who like that kind of thing it was it was great and i'm very glad it was there for you and i'm glad that you enjoyed it <laughs> i absolutely, did absolutely um actual low lights mm-hmm. jeremy redder uses the word flex which like i can live without 
<laughs> you, you and I'm only saying that because you reminded me the bit where he comes in with a sword, where Jack comes yeah, in with a sword, weird flex, and he goes, "It's a bit of a weird flex, but okay, something on those lines." And it's like, nope, yeah. nope, nope, nope. It, this is <laughs> this is what my nephew thinks when my sister uses slang talk. You know? <laughs> um, but actually, the final fight with them on the ice using all the trick arrows, and there appears to be an infinite number of tracksuit mafia coming to attack them. Mm. I, I did not like it just absolutely pulled me out of like, oh, we're in a DC thing now where suddenly the Joker has all these guys running around in clown masks. Like mm. a bit weird. I would have dug it had it been a fight with 20 or 30 guys. But this just seemed to be an ever coming number of guys who put themselves in situations to be taken down by Batarangs and other things with Hawk at the beginning of them. You know, <laughs> and it didn't need to be. No, no. We've had such good fights after that. You know, we're calling out. Like, some of these fights are really good because it's just two people mm. really going at it. And, and, you know, when I was then thinking about other highlights, them all rappelling down the building and having to do it in different <laughs> ways is a great rule of three to, to yeah. end it with, like, oh, no, it's not going to hold him. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and that, that's actually something that I forgot to say when we were talking about how good the show was, is... Um, Given, as is tradition, this has ended up with a big fight at the end. Mm-hmm. It's such a diff- because it is bow and arrows. It's such a different big fight versus here's the big blue light I'm going to throw at you, yep. and here's the purple light I'm going to throw at you, mm. or what have you. Um, and I think that worked really. Yeah, I really like the bow and arrow action stuff, mm. uh, and particularly throwing the trick arrows and that. It's really fun. Arrow got seven or eight years out of doing exactly that thing, which <laughs> it should not have done. So you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, my low light I'm going to skip over very quickly because uh, it was the musical thing. And I don't want to hammer it anymore. And I'm sorry, Abby. The reason it didn't work for me is the end credit. To be honest, I don't think I ever would have been delighted by, by the end credit. But particularly, it's because they put up that thing that said, um, was it a gift from Marvel or it, Happy it Holidays was, or yes. something like that. And I was watching that and I thought, there's going to be someone. There's going to be someone here. Like it's going to be. I. I tell you what. I actually thought, which was clearly ridiculous, and as I thought it was ridiculous, is when they bring on the Avengers characters. Is it going to be the actors? You know, am I going to be Woof. seeing RDJ yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and ScarJo and, and Hemsworth actually coming on? Because the, the reason I thought is because there was so much of the normal New Yorkers that seemed to go on quite a long time before you brought on the Avengers characters. So I'm like, oh my god, are you building something here? And then when they didn't, I'm like, oh, okay. And then as it's going through, I thought, are we gonna like pan to, I don't know, um, what are they called, Bucky and Sam in the audience, mm-hmm. just kind of going, what the is <laughs> yeah, this? Right. I don't know. I I just kind of was expecting there was something else because it's not my thing in the same way that it was happening. Oh, but... you know, Paul Rudd would have shown up for that for like, yes. wait, I wasn't there. <laughs> you something, know. you know, exactly something like that. So that there would be the stuff for Abby, and then there would be a little. Right. zing thing for for me um but i think you're absolutely right abby in the fact particularly because it wasn't really given a lot of respect at the beginning then to actually have it play out i thought um hmm. was probably the right thing to do even if it wasn't for me and i think you know it does have broadway superstars in it mm-hmm. so if you know that then it is a gift from marvel oh absolutely um and i think that's that's the thing yeah absolutely. i yeah. can see that yeah Oh, nice. We 
probably should have, oh yeah sorry, actually, I have I was gonna say God I hope there's something else because otherwise we end up Rodana. Right, we have. So finally let's talk about the future. Yes. You mentioned we don't think Kingpin is dead and we've talked a bit about the Echo. We've talked actually we've talked about a lot of this already. We've talked about the Young Avengers, etc. Matthew, you did um touch on Laura's Rolex. Mm. Do you want to talk about that a bit more? For people who might not know. She gets given a Rolex, it appears to have the Agents of Shield logo on it and it says 19 mm-hmm. as though she's agent 19 sparrow hawkwind <laughs> canary <laughs> it's a bird isn't it is it a bird Budgery guy. mocking 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 bird mocking bird so Budgy, i think would have been great <laughs> bobby morse Parrot and hawkeye Moss. yeah um <laughs> Throwing all sorts of things up of whether Adrian Plitsky is actually that character or not, whether mm. S.H.I.E.L.D. is canon or From not. All this sort of, Shield, yeah, yeah, exactly. All this mm. sort of thing. Um, I, I, I'm not sure they're going to do anything with this. It could be just another one of those things that goes nowhere. Um, I, I hope they do because I get annoyed when they set things up and don't follow up on them. But at the same time, it's like, why did we care about this watch for this whole entire thing? Uh, yeah, that's... So... On the one hand, I really like Adrian Palik. Is it Palicki? I don't know. I say Palitsky because I think I've known Palitsky. Polish people with that sort of. I really like thing. the Agents of Shield. Yes. Version of Bobby Morse, um, and so uh, and the fact I suppose she could have been Bobby Morse and changed her name to Laura. And I like the idea of Laura actually having a history and not just being an appendage, mm-hmm. uh, particularly as we've, one, it's Linda Cardellini, and two, we've seen, you know, she has some skills with the research and what have you. But I think I would prefer if maybe this was Bobby's her sister or something, and so it, it means something to, you know, okay. it's hers, mm-hmm. but perhaps it doesn't necessarily have to mean that she's age 19, or, although that would then probably suggest that Bobby's died. But maybe it was a, a fake death and she comes back. I don't know. Um, but what I really didn't understand with it is, how is this identifying for Laura? A, a watch with a shield logo and 19 on it because the whole thing was he had to get it back because otherwise it was going to uncover his friend mm. um so i don't quite i don't think it really answers that maybe there's more to it well that's yeah i think it needs explaining mm. yeah i mean it didn't mean anything to me so mm. it's just like oh there's a marvel thing might see that again might not <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's i like that might see that again might not that's fine it gives you something to yeah. google you know this is true mm. this is true and not huge amounts of that from this show as we said no. it wasn't it didn't feel like a vehicle in order to set up other things it was it was just enough that you knew you had just watched a marvel show mm-hmm. yes. Mm. yes anything else on this one before we close you know i think one of the things i like about it is that it just was a show and it's done, and it's not haunting me. It didn't make me angry. I'm not left feeling like I wasted anything, or like I overinvested. I had a good time watching some television. Mm. Wow, what a novel experience! <laughs> After five series, we've worked out how to watch it. But but no, I, I I think I've come out with the same sort of feeling, and that's why I'm going to go. Actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to stop the things that have heightened my expectations and try to just mm-hmm. go into it as like, oh, I'm interested to see without reading the Wikipedia page on every character and all the articles yeah. about it and stuff until after you and I have talked. Yeah. Yeah. I think cool. that sounds nice. Lovely. Nice. And I, I think I will be following your lead on some of that, Matthew. Mm. Removing some of the people I'm following on Twitter and 
and what have you, just so that it's not necessarily in my face. Yes. Well, that's that for Hawkeye on Marvelous. Looking beyond that, the 2022 Marvel slate is a bit up in the air at the moment, as we're not too sure what we're going to get next. So if we don't get a Disney Plus show first, then the next Marvel installment will be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in May, also assuming it doesn't get moved. But we're going to be back with a pod on Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, that's a little delayed at the moment because we've not all been able to go and see it yet. Sorry, there's a plague. I wasn't going to name names. <laughs> it's fine. I'm boosted now. So Somebody. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> it's me. It was me. <laughs> but but we'll be blaming Omicron instead. Yes. Uh, so we will be coming back with a pod uh, then and plenty to talk about, I think, in that film. So until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. I'm on Twitter at Laura Geeks Out. Abby, where can we find you? At this eight years short. And Matthew. At Matthew Bowes. Lovely. Well, thanks everyone for listening and we will be in touch soon. Marvellous. Marvellous.